Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Okay, part three. This is a cool part that's gonna go a little longer. Okay, I'm gonna count in. Three, two, one. Okay, part three of spring training. So we talked about what spring training is like for the front office. We talked a little bit about what spring training is like for the manager. Now I want to talk about what spring training is like for players. This is going to be interesting to you because it's going to shock you the way players treat spring training. So spring training for many players is their opportunity to be gone from home after having an entire offseason at home. It's their opportunity to get ready for the season at the pace they want to get ready. It's an opportunity to get out of the workout, to get out of work as quickly as possible, go golfing, hang out, do whatever they want in Florida or in Arizona. And it starts with the first day of reporting. So the way it works is players have to find a place to live. That's their first job. And you'd think that we give players a place to live, but actually... Under the collective bargaining agreement, the only thing we have to provide players is a single room at a crappy hotel near spring training, and we pay for it. That's it. And if you choose not to live in that single room in that crappy hotel, we'll give you the cost of that room that you can apply toward rent of a place you want to buy, or rent for spring training, I should say. Some players, because we were the Marlins and we would spring train in Jupiter, some players had homes in the Jupiter area and they would live at home and then come to spring training. Other players lived sort of in the Fort Lauderdale area and some of them would commute, believe it or not, every single day. But the young players who had nowhere to live and couldn't afford to rent a place in the height of rental season in Palm Beach, Florida, they would stay in this crappy hotel that shall remain nameless. Because I can't remember, was it the Hampton Inn? Was it the Fairfield Inn? Was it, it certainly was not a Hyatt Hilton Weston Marriott. Did it eventually become like maybe a Marriott, some sort of lower tier Marriott? Let's just say that the player hotel, you didn't want to touch the bedspread and stay away from any blue light. But the young players would clearly need to stay there because they couldn't afford better. So they come in, they bring their equipment, they bring their suitcase, then they show up day one. The first thing players have to do is a physical. Now the physical at spring training is great. We've got, as a front office, I was allowed to do it, and it's done in stations. First station, you have to get your blood taken. So you sit there, they put a needle in your arm, they take vials of blood because they're testing everything. Then you have to give a urine sample. 
And it's not like during the season when you are drug tested randomly. This urine sample, you go into the bathroom by yourself, you go to the bathroom. So is it possible players used other people's urine? Doubtful, because why would they? That's like the old days. That's the Lawrence Taylor days in football when he used other people's urine and actually the other urine he used tested positive for cocaine. Talk about choosing the wrong horse. So players go in, you do a urine sample. Then you've got the eye doctor. They go in, we check their eyes. Then you've got the dentist. We check their teeth. We check their gums. Then we have the internist who is doing an EKG on every player because we're checking their heart. We're checking their heart rate and whether or not their ventricles and other various parts of the heart are working. Then you've got the orthopedic side where we check in to make sure that every player feels well. Why do we do this level of physical for a player? Because every year there are players who we release the day of the physicals. They come in, they're either too fat or their arm hurts or they don't have full range of motion or they lied to us during the course of the off season. Whatever the case is, we have released players following the physical. Furthermore, we've released players who passed the physical, take the mound for the first time, and they we saw them during last season or during the offseason throwing 90, 95. They get up there and they're thumbing it at 70 because they have no ligament and they literally cannot raise their arm above their head. We've pulled players off the mound and just released them on the spot. That's actually happened, and not just once. So a player comes in, they do a physical, then they get to their locker, unpack their locker. What awaits every player, even minor league players, is they have boxes in front of their locker. They've got uniforms that are hung up, spring training uniforms. They've got the spring training pants. They've got cleats that are given to them, and their cleat company gives them several several pairs of cleats. Then they've got the sweatshirts. They've got the shorts. They've got the workout shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, every type of swag you can think of. And what players do is they sort of organize their locker, they get it ready, then they sit in front of their locker and they wait for the first meeting that happens, which I talked about at one of the previous episodes. During the meeting with the full pitchers, catchers, position players, I would always talk to them about what their responsibility is, how I don't want them to embarrass us, how if they ever have a problem, they can just pick up the phone and call me. Back before Uber, I would give them all the number of a car service saying, listen, don't get arrested for DUI. And everyone would listen to me except for a few players who were charged with DUI during the course of the year or spring training. And then a player, no matter what their contract situation is, every player knows exactly what he needs to do during spring training. There are some players, and I didn't know this when I first started, and I became very tense and nervous when I perceived the players were not doing anything, or conversely, I perceived the players were going too hard or throwing too fast right out of the gate. What I found out is that there's three classes of players. There's the player who knows he's going to make the team as a starter. There's the player who's trying to make the team. And then there's the player who knows he has no shot to make the team. He's there as a minor leaguer, but he was extended the invitation to be a part of Major League Spring Training. The middle category is the category to worry about. The middle category of players who are trying to make a team because they go out and they try to make the team on day one. No matter what we tell them, and we say the same thing to players all the time, Listen, you are not going to make this team in the first five days of workouts. 
You are not going to make this team by going four for four in your first game. We are going to let you know when it's appropriate, whether you've made the team. Just go out and be yourself. Be the player who you are when we signed you to a minor league deal or when we signed you to a major league deal. Get yourself ready to play. It's up to the manager to know his players. It's up to the manager to talk to the players so the players can communicate exactly what they need. As an example, Giancarlo Stanton was a guy who always needed as many at-bats as possible because he wanted to get into a rhythm. He wanted to feel as though he was ready come day one of spring training, come day one of the regular season, I should say. I don't believe that we did a good enough job for him because he did, he slumped quite a bit during April's. He didn't start off as well as we would have liked during his seasons. And I feel as though we should have done more to convince him to take more at bats and not to just play the first few innings of the first few games of spring training to keep going and be more ready. There's some players who actually don't need a lot of at bats to be ready. They can get their timing with 25 or 30 at bats. We know this, and we keep track of every player's at-bats, how many innings they've pitched if they're pitchers, how many batters they've faced, and for hitters, what they've done, not results, how many, literally how many times they stepped into the batter's box. So for a player going through the minor leagues, we try to teach them to understand what it is they need to get ready. When you are a player competing for a starting job, you are getting out and you are letting the manager know that you are ready day one, even though we tell them not to be. When you're a player who's guaranteed a roster spot, we let you do exactly what it is you want to do. Will it hurt our competitiveness during spring training games? Sure it will, because we're playing scrubs, literally, for so many innings of a game. Does it bother us when a starting pitcher who we need to start game two of the regular season doesn't want to throw as many innings as we want him to throw? It does bother us, but we will come to an understanding prior to the start of spring training, so we're not surprised. When we trade for a player and a player comes in, one of the things we talk about with that player is, what do you need out of spring training? How do you normally get ready? The first thing we did with Ichiro when we signed him, what is spring training like for you? What's your routine? What do we need? And he went through an entire routine. We actually had to get a trailer to put his exercise equipment in because he did these crazy exercises every single day of spring training, no matter what. Even on an off day, he'd come in and do them, and there was no room in our weight room or our clubhouse, so we rented a trailer to put all of his equipment so he would be behind the clubhouse inside a trailer doing his stretches and his workouts during spring training because that's what he needed. Other guys needed to golf every day and have beers every night, and that's how they got ready. I never found a correlation ever between how a player prepares for spring training and success at the major league level during the course of a season. It does not matter if you are someone who takes every at-bat seriously, who gets five at-bats a game for 30 games, you are not going to have a better April than a player who thinks that he only needs 20 to 30 at-bats. There is no statistical correlation. Some players start hot, some players start not. I have never been able to find a way to to calculate how to run spring training better to have better Aprils. It does not exist. Any front office person who tells you it does is definitely lying to you. But what changes from a player, even one who doesn't need a lot of preparation from week one to week four, what changes in the last week of regular, of spring training, that is a regular season game. 
Those players prepare for that game the exact way they do for the regular season. Their BP is the same. Their pregame ritual is the same. Even their pregame meals become the same because they're getting themselves in the mood and in the right frame of mind for the regular season. A player standpoint, to me, it's so critical as a front office guy to watch my players, to watch them and understand them because I'm trying to put them in a position to succeed and I can't fit square pegs into round holes. So I'm perfectly fine becoming amenable to the way things work, assuming that they are prepared. And I don't judge preparation by an April record. I judge preparation by a player's approach. If a player needs to work on his eyes in terms of breaking balls and needs to work on understanding to get his bat ready to go through the zone on fastballs, to get sort of cocked up and ready to go, and I'm viewing players because I'm getting medical reports that there's a level of soreness that they shouldn't have in their arms or in their legs or they're not in the condition that they should be. Those are the type of things that are going to bother me much more than a player starting the season one for 20 with no home runs and two RBI. I'm not going to focus on it like that. What does it take for a player to go through spring training? What's their main goal? Very simply. This is where there is intersection and commonality between a front office, between a manager, and between a player. The commonality is the one thing that we want above anything in spring training to get through healthy to not suffer an injury. We've had injuries happen to players the final game after they we've told them they've made a team and then they get hurt and we put them on the major league disabled list. That happened one time. Following that, we wouldn't tell players they made the team and add them to the roster until after the final preseason game was played because God forbid they would get hurt. We wouldn't want to put them on the major league DL. Then you have to pay them their major league rate. So players have been unlucky enough to get hurt the final game of spring training who we were going to put on the roster, and then we don't put them on the roster. We simply either send them to the minor leagues or just release them when they've been hurt. I didn't say it's fair. Sorry, it is fair. I didn't say it's nice, but it definitely is fair, and it's part of the rules. But injuries to me at the end of every game, the one call that I wait for when I go to the clubhouse, did everyone get through the game without an injury? During the regular season, injuries happen, and I dread those calls, and I'm okay with it. But when players get injured during spring training, it's the one thing that you can't prepare for mentally. Even though you've got extra bodies, you're ready to make an adjustment, but it's the one thing that infuriates me when a player would get hurt. The unluckiness that I would feel, is that a word? The feeling of being unlucky that I would have when a player would get hurt. So for all of you who think, There's no commonality of interest between front office, manager, and player. You're right almost all the time. But in this case, injuries is where we all want to avoid. So what I've tried to do here during the past three parts is give you an idea of what spring training is like. From a fan standpoint, you're out there, you're in the sun, you're enjoying a hot dog, you're thinking the players are getting ready, you're watching your team saying, oh man, we are 15 and five, we're gonna have a great regular season. 
I want you to love spring training. Come to Florida. Come to Arizona. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the relaxed atmosphere. Enjoy trying to get autographs in a far easier way than during the regular season. But just know the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to make spring training look as relaxed as it looks to you is tremendous. The amount of preparation done by every level of the organization is tremendous because once game one starts, you are on a 162 game ride and you barely have time to breathe. I appreciate you downloading and subscribing. Nothing personal. This has been Spring Training Part 3. It's a bonus. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.